This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. The second hour in the locker room, Wolf Starks and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And uh, we are going to uh, bring in one of our favorite guys because he is the coach. He is Tom Bradley, former Penn State. UCLA, Pittsburgh Steelers coach, doing all kinds of things. And so we want to welcome Coach Bradley, Scrap Bradley, as he's known, into the locker room. Scrap, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, uh, Wolf. How are you? Hey, have you taken Max out for any Patagonian toothfish yet? <laughs> <laughs> now, you got to explain the, 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 the back story to that, Tom, all right? Oh, well, let you do it. Go ahead. You can explain what happened. How you <laughs> We were doing a show together, right? Me and Tom, okay? So somebody calls in and says, uh, what, you know, Chilean sea bass. And it turns out it's really Patagonian toothfish. All right? But they changed the name to make it sound more pleasant when you're eating the thing. Because it can look a little disgusting or something, you know? <laughs> so that's the kind of information we brought to the show each and every day when Tom was with me. And uh, certainly, you know, Max, uh, Patagonian toothfish. I mean, how about it? Well, you yeah. know, Max missed all those weigh-in Wednesday shows, too, which were the best shows we never did because Wolf never weighed in, Max. It was, he was <laughs> yeah. to, he never got an official weight ever. And, and I'll tell you See, what, he, there was a couple of days I thought he looked – a little bit over overweight. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, sorry, I'm deviating from the show. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, well, Max, understand it. this, okay? This is the guy who, yeah. whose chair they always had to swivel up and, and raise up. You know, he's, he's a little <laughs> short. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> well, let's see. First, to talk about the Patagonian toothfish, never heard of that before, so – the name alone would would suggest caution, um, <laughs> and then for you, Coach Bradley, you know, going into this game, I mean, what when you look at the Steelers' available personnel defensively, let's just put that, and you look at the Bengals and what they've done, um, I mean, where is where is the advantage for for, for the Steelers' defense? Well, I think there's still a lot of good players on defense uh, it's a and it's a defense that knows what they're doing it's a defense that does know how to play fast it's a well-taught defense i mean one thing you know coach butler is a stickler for detail has his coach tomlin and coach austin and and, and everybody on that staff you know is, is just uh you know carl dunbar i mean it's everybody there is, is attentive to every detail so you know they have the faint you know as you know next man up and and there's a lot of guys that are, that are waiting for their chance to show what they can do so you know i think that's the thing is the the pride in that defense is something that uh is also just it's just pittsburgh Steeler uh tradition when i when i look at these guys tom you know and again you're always criticizing my uh, ability to understand the knowledge of a back pedal to a shuffle to cover two and my the <laughs> inadequate because i always said you know what i can't read secondary coverages from the left guard position okay it's a little hard yes, to yeah. see down the field and i'm a little bit under the weather under the gun let's say at that point in time but certainly you know as you look you know you look at this defense and it, and it's so you know it tilted towards tj watt and what a difference he makes i mean when he's just t since t 2020 
All right, the NFL media research put this out uh, in, in snaps with and without T.J. Watt. The difference is quarterbacks have a quarterback rating of 72.1 uh, with with T.J. Watt in the lineup, and without it goes over 100, 113 with him out of the lineup. I mean, a guy can dial up pressure that much. That's amazing. Well, it's one of the things, too, because you, you always better know where he is. And I think the great thing about T.J. is I've watched him play is that motor never stops. Mm. I mean, it just goes. I yeah. mean, you know, people are worried, oh, he's not playing preseason. I'm like, don't worry, he'll be ready to go, okay? Because, you know, he's just got – he's a football player. Um, he's just – that's what he is. And, and he's, uh, you know, he's a team guy. He does everything the way you're supposed to do it. And, uh, you know, he's – I think the thing that really – quarterbacks get a little nervous holding that ball. They know TJ's around them. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. they're not going to pat that ball maybe once, but it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's startling the numbers of that, but you know, when you look at kind of the other pieces um, defensively, you know, if we don't have Watt, I mean, you know, having 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 Alex Highsmith out, and obviously a Jameer Jones kind of being the only other guy available, along with Melvin Ingram. Let's just say they're out. I mean, if it's you knowing the base personnel, I mean, how do you adjust? Is it more four man line, and you bring in an extra big lineman to to create some pressure on Joe Burrow? Because we know Joe Burrow has a has a higher completion percentage under pressure, but he's not as successful um, under pressure as far as getting to the right play. He can dump it off. But he can't. So, how do you continue the pressure? Just say if Highsmith and if Watt are unavailable on Sunday. Well, I think then you get, you know, Max. I think you got to get into your fire zone game blitzes real quick. Okay, you haven't seen a, as much of that from the Steelers this year as you have in the past. But you know, it's something that is a Steeler tradition, and no one in the league does it better um, when they're at when they're after them. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing now is a lot more different style of. Um, pass rushes coming at that quarterback and, and disguising different things along those natures because that gives them a chance to, you know, have the greatest success right now. They're going to have to bring more people because if they don't have the luxury of those, you know, just bringing four, which is, you know, is when you can just bring four and save that extra guy, it's fantastic. And like I say, when you can bring three and get to them, it's almost heaven. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys. Yeah. Pretty good <laughs> you know, one of the great advantages, too, I would think, is when you get back a Devin Bush who, you know, this guy, he he's, he's he can stay out there all day. I mean, whether it's first, second down, third down, <clears throat> excuse me, coverage down the field, uh, this guy is capable and, and able to make plays. And when you're figuring, Scrap, you're figuring in your defensive game plan, are you thinking about bringing him, uh, you know, as a blitzer as well? Well, you can bring him as a blitzer or as a hugger. You know, he's got a guy, the guy blocks, he can hug, takes away some of the screen game. He gets to add an extra rusher. You know, Devin's a, a guy with, you know, tremendous speed. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, the other guy that to me is is really a big missing piece is, is, is Stephon Tuitt, okay? Mm, uh, yeah. Him not being around is yeah. just a – you know, we, we talked about it the other day a little bit, but, you know, we talk about the coverage and the picks, but, you know, uh, uh, tips and overthrows, you got to have those, right? Mm -hmm. um, those guys with hands up and, and get, getting in the eyes of the quarterback, you know, and then you get a couple tips and you get some picks. So, you know, he's a big factor, too, in, in the way that defense plays. No question about it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, you know, knowing how Joe Mixon is, because obviously I think that that's going to be one of the keys for the Bengals' success is going to be Joe Mixon. Uh, what have you seen from him, and, and how do you slow him down? Because he has been effective, I mean, you know, close to 100 yards a game rushing, um, and that's going to be a tough task. And I think that keeps Joe Burrow some of the fire. Like you said, if we have to run fire zone, how do you neutralize him so that you get them into more pass-heavy or longer-down situations? Well, you know, I think you're just going to have to be, you know, your front's going to have to play fundamental good sound football uh, at that line of scrimmage and and not give – Joe, those bigger runs and those openings, you know, if you can get him on the first down, Max, you know, where, you know, it's a, if you run the ball and it's going to be, you know, second and nines and second and eights, that's advantage Steelers, you know, but if he's turning off five, you know, those second and five calls get a little bit difficult um, from a defensive perspective, but that's the one thing, you know, the, the Steelers front are going to have to do a great job against him because he is an excellent football player. And then that in, you know, now that that enables them to throw the ball better if they're running the ball better, too. So that's you know, kind of a double-edged sword. You know, one of the things I look at, Scrap, was watching some filming. They take, they'll go empty, and they'll put Mixon all the way out as, the, as a wide receiver, as a wide, wide receiver, you know, like five yards in from the sidelines or ten yards in, I don't know, uh, you know, just trying to get the proper perspective from it. But that – that requires you got to post somebody out there. They really, they the Bengals do spread you out, and Burrow is capable of delivering that rock anywhere on the field. Well, yeah, that's the advantage they have with him. And also, if you do spread them out and you start playing your fire zones, now you got matchups, and and your your linebackers got to go find him. You know, they're the ones that have to cover, which kind of tilts your hand on some of your coverage. You know, because they're usually never out on number one, but you got your matchup issues. So, um, you know, he's got to go find that guy. And that's the advantage of having a back. You know, the Steelers have that same kind of back, too. They can go out and do those different things. It, it creates problems for the defense. Uh, there's no question when you have a running back that can do those, all those different variables. When you – yeah, let me – oh, sorry, Max, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, no, Max, he always interrupts, Max. He always interrupts unless he's eating. <laughs> yeah. Max, that's when you can get him, Max, when he's eating. I'm telling you. Yeah, they exactly. So you're saying I just I just need to slide snacks his way if I want to get a point. <laughs> yeah, just bring him in. Yeah, get snacks in. Put the snacks down. But if you catch him when he's eating, and I used to love just asking the question just as he took a bite. He's telling the truth him. too, man. Yeah, exactly. Don't mess with the I'm feedback. <laughs> 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 um, but <laughs> so. Yeah, that that was that was pretty I good. All right, so rock, okay. Yeah, it did, it did, it did. So what you're saying is, I just need to bring some old trapper and just slide it his way. And just, <laughs> yep. There you go, teriyaki flavored. You'll like Ooh, it. I love that stuff. <laughs> See? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, but since but, since there is none here, then I'm going to ask him my question. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. All right, so so, what about the fact that what about playing like a big nickel? I mean, with a big defensive end out there. I mean, remember in the past, the Steelers had gone with, uh, I believe, it on the outside once or twice, a, a few times when you had, like, short yardage and the possibility. Or if you wanted, if you can't get a, a good, you know, if the linebacker, Jameer Jones, ain't getting the pass rush, maybe another defensive lineman essentially making it a, you know, a 4-3 sort of, or 4-2 type of deal. But playing that that outside linebacker as a big guy, what what's the possibility of that if you need you know, to? 
Craig, you know, once again, I, I agree with you, but a lot of it will have to do with the medical report and who's going to be available to them. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Because you don't want to put all that stuff in and, and not, you know, for somebody and then they're not available. So there's a lot of variables that are going to go into that. I mean, they're just, you know, they're not healthy right now with um, with all the, the weapons that they do have available to them. And and this is a big game this week. You know, it's a division game, and it's it's one, you know, you want to put into that W column. Yeah, and I think the one thing that I, I've been hearing as of late, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. Do you feel like Minka's doing too much? Do we need do we need to scale back Minka because of the injuries and get him into one position and let him just focus on that, or do you think it's good that he has his versatility and is it, it makes the defense better because of it? Yeah, I think it. You know, at first when you know, Minka came, he was playing mostly the, in the middle and, and too deep. But I believe moving him around makes it a little bit harder on the quarterback because what is Minka playing? They're able to disguise better. Uh, you know, I'm sure Coach Austin's looked at it and said, hey, we can we can maybe give him a wrinkle here or there um, that will help our defense and our disguises in our secondary so we're not reading. You know, people can't just sit back and go, well, Minka's going to be here or there. Now they're not sure what Minka's really playing. You know, is he down in the box? Is he deep? Is he playing half? Which gives you a lot of uh, different factors because of all the different things that he can do. And make no mistake about it, you know, Minka is, um, you know, he, in my opinion, he's the best safety in the league by far. He's a, just a phenomenal talent. But, um, you know, I'm sure quarterbacks keep an eye on him. And if you can get him in places where they're not used to seeing him, I think that can help your defense. You know, one of the biggest things that uh, we always talk about is fact is we don't want to just limit you to the uh, defense, but also the offense too, my friend. What are you thinking about when you take a look at the Steelers' offense from from your perspective? How 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 is how would you defend it? Uh, you know, just looking at what they're doing, they're not running the ball that much. They're not running it that well, but still, you've got Ben and you've got the wide receivers. How would you? How do you look at that? You know, well, if you, you never ask me about the offensive line since I've known you. But anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, come on. I, I have two. Yeah, now, come on. Now, you, now you're stretching it, buddy. All you guys do is hold. So that's what you're about. I know how you work. Okay? I used to watch that. You know, I think, I think it's one of the things I think they've got to start to run the ball better. I think that's one of the goals of the, before the season because then that opens up your play action passes. And it, yes. now the defense has a, a – they've got to worry about some different things, okay? So uh, I, I think that, that that'll open up a bunch of, of stuff that for, the, for the offense that will help them, you know, um, and hope Coach Canada would, you know, with some other things that they can do, which will cause more problems for the defense. So I, I, I really believe that they've, they've made a commitment to that run game, and I think it's, it's, you know, I, I know Adrian Clem a long time. I think that run game is going to start to kick in here real soon. All right. Well, Coach, I want to thank you so much. That's the Coach Tom Bradley. Thank you for checking in with Max, and I appreciate you, brother. And we'll talk Thanks to you next week. Yeah. Hey, Max, I got a Old trapper. Those offensive line guys hold all the time, don't they? <laughs> no, it's called clutching. It's called clutching, clutching not holding. Not holding. Yeah, yeah, one's a penalty. One's a penalty. One's a technique. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Scrap. We'll see you. Thank you, brother. All right. We're going to go to break. We'll come back with more phone calls. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, we have Jerry Dulac coming up after this from the Post-Gazette. We'll be back with more.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, when you hear that Cool Breeze song, then you know the Cool Breeze is in town. And, of course, that would be our good friend Jerry Dulac from Post-Gazette and Steelers Game Day broadcast crew. And he is brought to you by Bud Light, proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do how you doing, my friend? Well, fellas, good morning. I am fine. A little brisk weather today to, to, for the uh, welcome us to the fall and uh, must be time for another football game with the Bengals. That's the only thing I can think <laughs> of. Yes, the autumn winds are changing, and you know when I look at it, you know, and hearing the and hearing that music, I was like, I was like, man, is Jerry coming in on a yacht right there <laughs> at, at the point? You know, I mean, um, Max, I got to tell you, the joke is, it's always when you yeah. see Jerry, the wind is always at his back. Somehow, it just yeah, works no, that's that way. Right. The hair is perfectly you know, feathered every time you see him. I know Max mentioned the autumn win. I did that autumn win, my version of the autumn win last week when they played the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, Jer, uh, you listened in on the coordinators. I mean, you know, let, let's, yep. let's dive into defensive first. I mean, what did Keith Butler have to say as far as statuses, where they're at moving with the linebackers that are on that list? Um, you know, I, I joked, I said, at least they're on that list and not the other list. So, you know what? What have they? What have they shared so far? As far as about the status and availability of of, of those guys? Well, Max, uh, you know Keith Butler didn't uh, enlighten any more as to who he thinks going to play <laughs> and who isn't because they're still unsure. But it looks as though Devin Bush is going to play. I think the big key will be T.J. Watt. I think practice will speak to us a little bit more uh, this afternoon when they go on the field. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, be, same with Highsmith uh, being injured in the game. Those are the two key ones. I expect Joe Hayden to play, and uh, I expect uh, Devin Bush to play. But, uh, you know, when, when, when you take out two defensive linemen and you take four guys with groin injuries, when Keith Butler was asked about playing with, you know, maybe half his defense, he quickly said, I sure hope it's not half our defense. And I don't think it will be. But I think, I think we'll find out a little bit more today about uh, about TJ and, uh, and Alex Highsmith, um, but having having them injured in the game, uh, you know, and having uh, Devin Bush and Joe Hayden being able to not play last week, I think obviously speaks speaks better for them than it does for uh, TJ and Alex Highsmith. No question about it. Now, the other thing, do is is the fact that um, you've had uh, a little bit on the back end trouble. You know, there's some reports out there that Minka, maybe they're moving Minka around too much because, you know, and I, I don't I don't put a whole lot of stock in the pro football focus because some sometimes when you grade with the way they use him in different ways, you're not really sure totally of his responsibilities in that. But they seem to they, they say that his grade is down. And, uh, you know, we know Minka is a, a fabulous talent, but there, there's been some talk that people say maybe they're overusing him, moving him around too much. What, what do you think? Well, you know, well, they had him graded as the 71st uh, worst safety in the opener in Buffalo, and we saw him all over the field right. in Buffalo. And so right off, right off the bat, that should make you a little suspicious of how they are grading some of these guys. And even even on a 61-yard touchdown to a Henry Ruggs, you know, there was a couple factors involved. And Keith Butler even talked about this today. You know, Trey Norwood is, is, comes as the sixth guy on the blitz and has, a, has an unblocked, clear path to Derek Carr and comes in 
with some hesitation. She doesn't run through and try to get it. That's Mike Hilton. You know, he just comes right at him and hits him and maybe right. hits him before he can throw it. But, you know, there was some there was some trepidation on Trey Norwood's part. And so, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick said, well, that's that play is 110 percent on him, except that Darren Waller is running uncovered right at him. And that just gave him enough of a pause to watch him when, uh, you know, Derek Carr then went over the top to Henry Ruggs. And then so maybe Akilah Weatherspoon thinks he has help to the inside. That's where his leverage is. Um, and then Keith Butler says, maybe in that situation, I shouldn't have called that play. Mm. You know, now that's easy to say in retrospect, but I thought it was a pretty good call. So there were a number of factors involved. And is it Minka's fault totally? Well, you know what? If he leaves Darren Waller, guess what? Then he's wide open 20 yards down the field. Uh, okay, maybe you don't have a 61-yard touchdown, but maybe you have a big 40-yard completion. So, um, but, to, but to think that Minka Fitzpatrick is is playing terrible or is grading poorly, I think is unfair relative to the way he's playing. Uh, and But to your point, Wolf, about moving him around, you know, I've had mixed things from people on the staff about whether that's a good idea or not. Um, and to me, um, you know, you leave him where he can make plays. I get bringing him closer to the box when you have a tight end like Darren Waller. Obviously, that's what they were going to do. But Minka Fitzpatrick's strength is in is being the center fielder, uh, being able to read plays and make plays. And uh, moving him around, I personally don't think is a great idea. And while people saw the highlight films Troy Polamalu made, and he's a special cat, um, you know, a lot of what he did left other guys vulnerable. So you've got to be very careful with uh, moving guys around. It's one thing to move them around. It's another thing just to let them freelance like Troy. But I think you have to be very careful when you do it. Uh, no doubt. Uh, you know, Jerry, what did Matt Canada have to share? I mean, what has there been any new insights as to offensive, just kind of how he feels about the play calling thus far, um, the, the performances of guys, you know, any Derek Watt talk, uh, <laughs> anything, uh, <laughs> you know, on that front as far as when it comes to running the football. Was there anything gleaned from that conversation? Well, he did. Uh, one thing I've noticed with all the guys, Max, which is probably not surprising after the after a loss, everybody seems to be falling on the sword. Keith Butler fell on the sword. Matt Canada fell on the sword. Ben Roethlisberger fell on the sword. Minka Fitzpatrick fell on the sword. Mike Tomlin's fallen on the sword. Everybody's falling on the sword after a loss and taking blame for the loss. But to your question about the running game, um, you know, one thing, Matt Canada speaks in, in a lot of generalities. And I understand because he's new somewhat to the business of the NFL. Um, but he said he thought Minka ran the ball better. Excuse me, uh, Najee ran the ball better. Sa sa same school, um, different but, position. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. But they, have to, but they have to do, obviously, a better job of of one, running the ball. But also he indicated they would like him to be, get more carries. Now, you know, sometimes the game situation uh, dictates that. What I found uh, interesting as well today was his explanation about this ongoing, quote, debate about whether the Steelers have a no-huddle offense anymore. Ben Roethlisberger says they don't. He says it's just a two-minute offense with limited amount of plays disguised as the no-huddle. And, you know, Ben's point is he's used to fifty to, ha to having 50 to 100 plays at his disposal in the no huddle. 
Uh, whereas when he runs the two-minute, it's basically 15 scripted plays that they go over and over. Now Matt Canada's explanation was, well, it's week to week, and we have a lot of new faces, and we're trying to do a million things on offense. So I get that. I get that. And he says, you know, we lean on Ben, what he sees, but also what we see. So, uh, you know, but I could, you can tell that Ben does not like not having the no huddle at his disposal that he's been accustomed to. Um, and, and I think it's going to be a source of consternation going forward uh, in those instances. And let's face it, I mean, they, they want to use it to jumpstart the offense when they're sluggish, you know, to start developing some pace. And Ben's accustomed to that now. So then it becomes, okay, do you want to do it the way Ben would like to do it when the no huddle was there? Or do you feel the young guys that you have on a team aren't, aren't used to that? And we have to slow it down and develop more of a methodical pace, if you will, to, you know, help with the infusion of those young guys. So, um, I, you know, that's just one of the, 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 I don't want to call it an issue, but that's one of the many things that they are dealing with when you have so many young uh, new faces uh, in that uh, in that offense. So you're saying that you know Matt Canada would rather be at a bistro than a cheesecake factory is what you're telling me. And that, <laughs> there you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben would rather be at, ben would yeah. be at the cheesecake with that extensive menu that's way too hard to order from because there's too many good items. I just want to be at a barbecue yeah. joint. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> See, there it is. There it is. Just get, just give me smoked meats. But uh, you know, Jared. Also on that, t- I mean, did he address kind of anything with the offensive line as far as their capabilities, what they did well on Sunday, and what they still need to work on? Uh, did he did he hint anything towards that or any type of personnel things within the offensive line? Max, I'll be honest with you. If he did, I wasn't there to hear it, and I say that only because both coordinators are there at the same time, so I have to split my time if I mm. want to hear one and I hear, hear ah. both. But while I was listening to him, um, uh, he did not. He, but he did just talk in generalities about needing to run the ball better, and, and no question, uh, you know, no question, or 114 yards after two games. And, you know, I thought, I thought when Mike Tomlin, and I, and I have felt this too, he says incrementally each quarter he thinks Najee Harris is getting a little better. And I would agree. We saw two 14-yard runs last week. We saw an 18-yard run in the second half in the first game. We saw that uh, that little swing pass get turned into a 25-yard touchdown. And so um, I, I, I think, um, I think you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge Najee Harris in a running game after two games. You know, now in week 10, if it's doing the same thing, then okay, and I'll sit there and say this isn't working. But we all knew this was going to be a work in progress when you have four different starters on the offensive line. It's going to be five until they put Chooks back at right tackle, and then you've got a rookie running back, um, a new offensive line coach, and a new coordinator. And so I didn't expect it to, to be sharp right away, nor did I expect the passing game in the entire offense to be sharp right away. But after, especially after two games. But we'll see. Let's get. Uh, we get a little farther, then I'll start to get. I'll start to wonder a little bit if the if the running game has really improved, or they're still just having the same struggles as last year. No, I, I got to believe that it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I, 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 I watch I these guys individually. Max and I talk about this, and you you watching it too, Jerry. You look at them each and every play. 
They'll have you'll have three fifths of the line or four fifths of the line getting some really good blocks, but it's one breakdown, and it might be the one. If it's not one of the five up front, it's Najee not finding the right hole or something like that. But they're close. It's not like you're going backwards. If you watch some of the Cincinnati offensive line play, those guys are moving backwards. I mean, you, you look at and go. Holy cow, that's not even a draw. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, they're getting popped and moved backwards. Well, it's not that case. What you got are bad aiming points. You got some poor technique with guys not getting their head in front or not stepping down to cover, not blocking back well, um, maybe not getting the kick out that they need because they got penetration up front and it knocks the pulling guard. These things, but they take a little while to work out, and I just – in my mind, I just say, you got to hang with these guys. These guys are young. You got a new offensive line coach that is, is stepping up. I know that Adrian Clem has all those capabilities. When you talk to the people that he's worked with, you understand they got great respect for him and his teaching ability. So it's a process of right now, he's got to put a stamp on it and, and it'll come through. And I just believe, give them enough time, they're going to come through. Yeah, Wolf, I agree with you. Uh, look, these guys know, know more than, than I do. And, and I like the players they have up front. I think Dan Moore is going to be really good. Look, they, they have enough faith in this guy to start him at left tackle. Uh, you know, they've liked Kevin Dotson from the get-go. And Kevin Green, I just uh, Kevin Green, right. Kendrick Green plays, uh, he plays with an edge, boy. He plays to the whistle and, and beyond. And so, um, I, I, it, and it's a matter of those guys playing together. And look, Najee Harris is a stud. You know, he talked the other day, and Mike Tomlin said this too about him. He says he's still kind of learning the NFL, how to run in the NFL, how guys, how certain guys play, defenders, how certain guys block. He said that. Mike Tomlin said that. And and I'm with you, Wolf. I I I believe that it not only will get better, that I believe it will be productive. But I'm not going to sit here, as I said, and evaluate it after two games when these people are complaining about the offensive line and their inability. But to run the ball, and yeah, look, they don't have they don't have five guys drop stepping and setting up a wall with three former Pro Bowlers like they did. Right. So there's going to be some protection issues along the way too. You you just know that's going to happen. But when you start running the ball, and now you can use play action, that'll slow some of that pass rush, and that you know that should give Ben you know that extra half second or second, maybe the middle of the field opens up a little bit more. Um, but to me, I think you know if you can get that running game going, that's going to be a a big key to having the rest of that offense perform better. Thank you very much, dude. We appreciate you so very much, man. Thanks for coming in the yes, locker room. We do. Yes, yes, we well, do. You know we will make do. sure we detach the, the, the anchor from the shore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I always enjoy talking with you boys. And uh, I will see you at the ball yard on Sunday. Sounds good. And that's Jerry Dulac, brought to you by Bud Light, proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Folks, we'll be back with the final segment right after this. you got Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation radio this is in the locker room with wolf and starks presented by your neighborhood ford store on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio welcome back everybody we're gonna get the phones in just a minute but the steelers want to remind you 
get to the stadium between 11 and noon this Sunday, okay? You don't want to wait long, and the chances are if you arrive at the gate after 12.30, you likely will miss the kickoff, okay? And also keep in mind, before you know you leave for the game, log in or create your ticket account, download your mobile ticket, and add it to your digital wallet. And I learned how to do the digital wallet thing from Missy Matthews. I actually – how about that? You know, I, I didn't know how there to do it. You, you, go. Got, you got, I got your plane ticket in there, and it was like – I didn't know you could do this. It's amazing what technology does today. And proof that you can teach an old dog new tricks. Right there. <laughs> Is that not true? That's a true word, my yeah. friend. All right, let's roll on to the phones. We got Wallace in Ohio. Wallace, you're in the locker room. Oh, hey, Max. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Tremendous, brother. Good, good. Uh just wanted to shout out to Ed in Cleveland there. He's I'm kind of in the same boat he's in. I live in northern <laughs> Ohio, too, so uh, behind enemy lines. <laughs> All right. Uh, We're glad to have you, Wallace. Uh, kind of a poignant day with it being uh, Tunch's birthday and yes. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not, you know, the other times I called, I haven't been able to mention anything about it. Yeah. And, but uh, condolences to you and to Max. I know he was a good friend to both of you and your yes. brother. And yes. Uh, but I wanted to say, you know, you know who else's birthday it is. Who else? It's is- Bruce Springsteen's birthday. As oh, well. the boss! I didn't know yeah, that. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. They shared a birthday. So uh, I didn't know so such greatness was was all put together on the twenty third. I didn't, you know, well, I mean, because I put Tunch first and then, you know, the boss. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Of course. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of I was kind of surprised not to hear any Bruce music on the intros and outros and such today. But uh, you we'll, know, have, we'll have to right. get one to finish up the show. Maybe a you little had, Rosalita uh, you know, just to had his yeah. song there. So uh, that's, we're good to go. Sounds good. That's all I wanted to say. Well, and, thank uh, you, Wallace. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to say I enjoy listening to the both of you, and I enjoy the callers, uh, especially Ed and CR and Juan. And, uh, hey, looking forward to more of the same and a victory on Sunday. Sounds good, brother. Brother Wallace, checking out, uh, checking from behind enemy lines. <laughs> Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks that. so much, man. All right, let's roll on. We got Denny in Hawaii. Hawaii, are you kidding me? Denny, are you are you there, brother? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you. Where in Hawaii? I'm in, Con- in Kaneohe. All right. If you, can draw, if you draw a straight line from Honolulu up over the mountains and back down the other side. Uh, we live right in a town called Kaneohe. It's a very, uh, very important Hawaiian town. That's so beautiful. Um, now, Denny, have you ever run across the Hawaii Five O guys while you're out there? No, but I have a T-shirt that says "Keep filming." <laughs> 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 oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know, it's uh, first. I wanted to say happy birthday, Tunch. I know yeah. where he's at. He's watching us all. Amen. Um, I met you guys. In fact, my wife and I met you guys. And one of the things that Julie and uh, and Alan had, you know, for, for breast cancer, and mm. we thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, I got a, I got a sense of both of you. There was long enough we could we could talk, and I I just want to tell you, I was so impressed 
Anyways. Well, thank you. Uh, there's another great thing about Hawaii. There are lots and lots and lots of Steeler fans. It, mm. It's really amazing. Now, the only problem with the program, by the way, I'm having, mm-hmm. I still have to get up at 7 in the morning. Though, <laughs> so I said, no, 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 not 7. <laughs> and 4 in the morning to hear the first part. So. Oh, my goodness. Max, you're a wonderful addition. Uh, it's oh, just too bad you. It's, you know, why it's happened. But uh, I've seen you in person a couple times uh, before games, after games. And I didn't know they made people that big. (laughs) 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 But you're doing a great job, and uh, and you're meeting everybody, CR and the gang. It's it's uh, it's fun. Juan, Juan, I especially appreciate for some reason. I really like that guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, but thanks for being you, both of you. Well, it's our pleasure, brother, and we're so grateful for Steelers Nation. For people who take the time to listen, because it's this is all about you. You know, Max and I, we are privileged to be able to talk about our favorite team, favorite sport, hang out together, you know, share that special relationship that all the fans have. And we view this show not as our show, but it's your show. And this is about the fans getting on board, speaking their mind, having a place to communicate. And I think it's, uh, you know, again, a great privilege for Max and I to be a part of it. Well, yeah, it's true. Just listen to both of you. Um, just one thing else. I want everybody to chill. Always think back to 1976. And we were, we had nothing, it seemed like. Remember, we lost the first three games. Everybody thought this was the worst team in, in history. In fact, we would have gone to the Super Bowl that year by the end of the year, except we had both. Uh, uh, Franco and Rocky were hurt, yeah. Yeah, we were hurt that day. And that was just... Uh, Anyways, please remember that. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, love you guys. You take care. Appreciate you, Danny. Yeah, Appreciate you checking in. Thank you, Because we're both yeah. hugely envious, aren't we, Max? Wouldn't you like to be in yeah. Hawaii? I, I would. I would. I mean, you know, at least there's water. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I got the heat and the sunshine and the palm trees. I just don't have the water to go with it. Uh, and, you know, and I, I think you, you made a very good point. Like, for us, I mean, Listen, we're we're the shepherds. We're the sheepdogs. We 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 are here to just keep Steeler Nation together in mm. some type of way and give you an outlet, right? To to talk about all things Steelers and you know try and be the best uh, the best co-pilots we can be on 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 this journey, right? You know, and try and provide some guidance and direction for everyone else. I mean, because like I said, you're the lifeblood of this show. Like, if we don't have the fans that we have, there is no Steeler Nation radio. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we might as well be, you know, su- doing something else, doing doing traffic reports and talking about the weather. <laughs> um, but because, you know, the Steelers are the organization that they are and have the devoted fan base that it has, it gives way for us to have an opportunity to uh, to be on these airwaves and to, to usher in, you know, all of, all of the fans from around the country and from around the world. I mean, because let's face it, you know, since I've been on here, We've gone as far as Qatar and now Hawaii. I mean, we're stretching all the time zones. Uh, so this is this is pretty special. So so please continue, everyone. We so enjoy it, and that's what it's all about. It's the interaction with the fans. And, you know, um, it, it's just such a blessing for us. And we appreciate it, and we know that you have a lot of choices to be able to listen to, and the fact that you would spend time with us is greatly, greatly appreciated. So absolutely. So having said all that, my friend, 
We got a one o'clock kickoff. It's exciting. I'm I'm excited to think that you know you got Joe Burrow coming in, watching film on this guy. Um, this guy can throw that rock anywhere. I mean, he has really got a command on that ball. And he's got some receivers, and we'll get into it deeper tomorrow. But that T. Higgins, that Jamar Chase, you know Tyler Boyd from Pittsburgh. These are capable dudes. Very capable dudes. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, watching Joe from college and, of course, what he was doing last year um, against the Steelers, I mean, you know, for a young guy, he's poised, right? He does not get flustered. He doesn't hear the proverbial footsteps. And and that that's one thing that, you know, as he matures, as he gets more game experience, because let's face it, he still has not played, quote-unquote, a full slate of games for one year yet. He's still inside that window, 12 last year and two this year. Um and he's, he's only getting better. So it's going to be a challenge. It's not going to be a cakewalk. This isn't our bungles of old. Like, they are a team that if you don't be – if you're not vigilant and you're not on your P's and Q's, this is a team that can beat you. And I think that's what we have to go in being cognizant, that they're not going to just roll over because we're the Steelers. But you're going to have to go and earn it. Like I said, Joe Mixon in the backfield, that's another challenge on top of those three receivers that you talked about. Right. But the one good thing is – their offensive line's terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> their offensive line is terrible. There's a reason why Joe Burrow only played 12 games, and they didn't get any better on that side of the ball. So there is an opportunity there, but do we have enough bodies defensively to take advantage of that opportunity? And that's what we're going to wait to see as the rest of this game week unfolds. You know, it's interesting because, again, watching their the offensive line, um, they've got issues, you know, and they put a lot of money, in, like $230 million they put into the defensive side of the ball trying to reconstruct because they'd given up the most yards, rushing yards, everything. But they they did rush for 127 with uh, Joe Mixon in the opener, you know, when they beat Minnesota. But the Bears held them to, what, 69 yards or something like that in yeah, the second below game. Yeah, 70, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, I don't put a lot of stock in the pro football focus, but – the ratings of the offensive line across the board were, were really poor. And, uh, you know, I, I just believe that uh, you can come up with a game plan that can take advantage of the people that are up front with the people you got, whoever it is, even if we're down T.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's the hope in that. That is, that is the, um, the positivity within that is that you do have enough left to get after him. And we know that Joe Burrow does not respond as well. Um, just looking at the stats, under pressure versus no pressure. And I like what Tom Bradley said. Let's bring out, let's bring back the fire zone blitz, right? <laughs> I like it. The thing it. that made Dick LeBeau uh, famous. Let's start utilizing that, and let's start to instill that fear and terror back into opposing offenses. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this show. We are so grateful again. Max, I appreciate you as always. Thank you for jumping on. Thank you for being here. It was a little tough start, a little rough start as we celebrated Chalucha's heavenly 64th birthday. But we close out strong, and uh, I am so grateful that you are on board, my friend. Always good to have you. Now, my pleasure. Thanks, Wolf. And remember, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. <laughs> That's where all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, my friend, we'll see we won't see you tomorrow because you are gonna be up here, but we'll catch you. And yeah, I'll uh, be walking, but he, I you know, in graduation, but I will be on the sidelines Sunday and I'll be at the stadium. So that's the most important thing. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Thank you so much and walk proudly.
All six, eight of you. All right? Yeah. Yes, we will do. <laughs> all right. That's it for Max and I. Uh, tune in again tomorrow. Well, I'll still be here. we got Wolves, Starks, and the Ninjas, but it'll be just Wolf and the Ninjas and whoever we can get to jump in. Maybe it's Jacob. Who knows? All right. We'll see you tomorrow.